When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Roger. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinion. I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of Roger Giggs and football. Let me know if everything's all right sound-wise and stuff, um, just because my computer's been a bit funny. So just uh, let me know in the comments and stuff like that. Uh, Roger will be over in a minute. He's uh, he's eating his tea. He's been a busy man. He's been coaching this evening, so he's uh, a bit rushed. That's why we're a bit late. But uh, in the meantime, we'll just do some bits and pieces, some housekeeping. We'll talk about the championship and what not. So, um, with the Super 6 Prediction League, which we all know and love, um, let me tell you what we have got so far this week. It's, um, let's have a look. So, as you, if you don't know, we're raising money for charity um, alongside Will Melush, and uh, we're doing a Super 6 Prediction League, features lots of ex-footballers, uh, ex-Cardiff legends, Jeff Stelling, myself, Rodri, a few others, Andy Campbell, all the, all the boys, and uh, raising a good old chunk of change for charity. But uh, Lyndon Irison came out on top of the table this week with 18 points, but we are now into the business end of the season. We've only got four rounds to go before we crown our new champion and dish out the prize money. Myself and Rodri, we're not in the title race, but... I do have a 26-point lead in our personal battle, so I do think that's probably game over, unless he has a remarkable week and I forget. But uh, the next round is Saturday, 3 o'clock. Don't forget, we'll do our predictions towards the end of the show. Um, If you've got any questions and stuff like that, then please do join us. And, uh, yeah. Join us, join us, join us. 
let us know your predictions and such. Also, spread the word, share the show, stuff like that, because we're on a slightly different time uh, a bit later today. And also, of course, we've been on Friday the last couple of weeks because of the Europa League and stuff like that and, and Rodri's culture and whatnot. So we're still uh, trying to work on what's the best best times and stuff like that. Uh, welcome, Mr. Boyle. How are you? Um, and yeah, if you're watching on Twitter, I can see a few of you and, and whatnot, YouTube. Just get involved in the comments, ask some questions. Uh, like I say, Rodders will be back or in, should I say, in in a, in a minute or two. And we'll talk, uh, we'll probably focus mainly on the Premier League, but we will talk championship, definitely. I want to talk a bit of championship uh, as we go. Um, there's a game going on at the moment, Huddersfield Town versus Sheffield United, which Huddersfield are winning, uh, which is quite an interesting little development. Obviously, Sheffield United already up and uh, Huddersfield safe. So um, from what I can gather, the, uh, yeah, the, so the, Relegations decided in the championship. Wigan, even though they'd found a bit of form, it was too little, too late. They're down. Blackpool down and Reading down. The mighty Bluebirds survive. Rotherham survive. QPR, who did their best to get involved in the relegation battle and race. They obviously felt left out. But, uh, yeah, they did real good. Um, it's been championship's been such a weird season. The... the, uh, the pl- Top two is obviously decided. The playoffs is uh, is looking really interesting because I think Coventry, where they were, like to be in the playoffs is remarkable. What a season they've had. Um, you know, they were rooted to the bottom of the league with all the problems they were having with regards to the, um, you know, the, the ground and stuff like that. They were rooted to the bottom for a long time. And all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but gradually worked their way up. Tremendous form. And they sit pretty at fifth. And looking at the form, I'd say them and Sunderland. I think I just fancy Sunderland. They seem like the team who's going to make that late drive for it. I fancy Sunderland to uh, to nip over Millwall. If I was, if I had to pick, I would say Luton, Middlesbrough, Coventry, and Sunderland would probably be my four. But West Brom are most definitely not out of it. But they've got a loss in them. West Brom have definitely got a loss in them. Let's have a look at the fixtures over the, the next couple of days or the, or the weekend, should we say. Hmm, let's have a look. So we have uh, West Brom versus the Jacks, Swansea City away. That's a tough game for um, for West Brom. But again, Swansea got a loss, got a loss in them, definitely. Um, Preston host Sunderland. So Preston have been a funny one this year. Really funny. I thought they were going to definitely be involved in the playoffs at one point, and they just uh, faded away. Their form, they haven't won, well, they haven't, they've had one point from the last four. Poor. Um, Swansea, yeah, they just did, they're too little too late for them, I think. Fortunately, well, unfortunately, if you're one of them. Um, same for Black Blackburn, just faded. They look so solid again. And I mean, this has been the story for Blackburn over the last couple of seasons. Being right up there in the playoffs, looking good, and they just fade away, fade away badly. Um, so it's between Sunderland and West Brom and Millwall. West Brom host Swansea, tough game. Uh, sorry, at Swansea, tough game. Sunderland travel to Preston, which on the form you'd think Sunderland should win, but 
Preston, nothing to play for. Could really, uh, you know, they could do something a bit because you're just relaxed, you play your football, and it is what it is. Uh, we got Millwall versus Blackburn, which look that could have been like a remarkably tight game if Blackpool Blackburn had win picked up a win uh, mid earlier this week. I mean, they can technically still do it. So it, yeah, look, Blackburn. I, I apologise. I left Blackburn out. Um, Form-wise, I think they've they've really faded, but they are mathematically. If they beat Millwall, they go ahead of Millwall. Um, the goal difference is going to do them, though, because if Sunderland, West Brom and Blackburn all win, then it looks, at the moment at least, as if Sunderland would go through on the, uh, on the, on the goal difference, obviously depending on scores and things like that. So we'll have to see. But um, my pick, Sunderland, I think. Although, look, Blackburn have been there all season. And I think it would be a bit of a ball job if they don't make the playoffs. I've got to say, out of the playoffs in terms of who I think is going to win it, Luton Town is my pick. I think they've been there, done it the last couple of seasons. But you can't write off Middlesbrough. Um, Michael Carrick's done a tremendous job. But two losses on the bounce is not form you want to take into the playoffs at all. Um, and I'm sure people like Leslie and Andy and people will be able to tell me more about the performances. But, I mean, they lost to a 10-man Rotherham. And I know, you know, Rotherham were battling for survival at that point. But, I mean, it's a poor result away at Rotherham. They, the Luton game was the big one, I think. That is not the type of form you want to take into the playoffs. Could be in, uh, in for that. Um... Any exciting news I can give you, Rob Boyle asks. Um, so, I've got a new series of my story coming soon with um, some interesting characters. Mr. Andy Legs coming back for part two. I haven't filmed that one yet, but I have filmed an episode with Terry Phillips, a um, journalist who tells a lot of amazing stories. There's one in particular about Brian Clough, which is just awesome. It's a really enjoyable episode, actually. It talks about... Um, you know, it's time at Cardiff, Dave Jones, Malky Mackay, the rebrand and things like that. It's um, lots of different things. Terry Phillips, um, who else is on there? Num Bare Knuckle Boxer, number one contender, James Lilly's on there. Um, hoping to get Mehmet Dalman on again once the season's over. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Um, but you know, he's, he's pretty uh, pretty good. So, and hopefully, we'll get Mr Campbell on soon as well. But in the meantime... Let's welcome uh, the second place man, Mr. Roger Giggs. How are you, my friend? You good? Yeah. What's happening? So good. So good. Um, just watching the first half of that Brighton United game, it end-to-end -end stuff. Mm. Um, both teams look excellent going forward, but they both look quite nervy at the back. Um, quite surprised it's nil-nil because a few big chances for both sides. But there we go. Good save, so. Yes, Rick, good game to watch, mate. Really exciting. Um, Napoli are on course to clinch the title after they equalised at Udinese just now, so that's pretty good. Um, that's going to be an interesting... What do you think of Jude Bellingham, mate? Looks like he's pretty much nailed on to go to Real Madrid. I think that's a good move for him, I do. Yeah, very good move. Because he could, he could, like I said, he could go there for 10 years. Still. At 28, 29. That's mental, mate, isn't it? 
how young he is still. But if you look, I tell you what, mate, Real Madrid are building what a side for the future, like him and uh, Kamvinga and Valverde in midfield. Obviously, they've got Modric and um, a couple of others now who are sort of coming to the back end of their careers, who people like Birmingham and, and you know, we said last week, Kamvinga's uh, won everything already and he's 20. But I mean, in terms of learning off people, there's not many better than Modric and, you know, the same for Bellingham. But, um, yeah, Madrid, I think, are building something special. But also, they're doing it different to what they did years ago. Obviously, years ago, they'd be buying, like, your Mbappes, you know, the ready-made superstars. But they seem to be buying the the young superstars now, you know, the Kamvinga, um, that other guy who I cannot pronounce his name. Um, he's 22, so he... Um, Chewy 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 Mini, I think it's Chewy 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 Jude Bellingham's brothers were uh, playing a bit of first team football this year as well. So um That'd very, very one, interesting eh? stuff, mate. Can I um I can't I don't think I asked you this last week before we kind of look at the football generally. I wanted to ask you what you think about if J- Jim Ratcliffe gets that United sale, but he keeps the Glazers on as a minority yeah, state. That's not good. It's a bad start, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it's not good. Even though they won't have a to say technically, I think just them being around still getting paid yeah, just, is a bad yeah. look, isn't it? Yeah, it's not good. Not and, and, anyway. To me, it feels like if it's Ratcliffe, they're loading more debt onto the football club, even though it's going through Ineos. And then if it goes with the Qatari bid, it's like it seems debt free and obviously they got money and they want to do this and that. It's it's madness, mate. It's it seems absolute cash. Yeah, but it's just it, the problem is, mate. It's taking so long that it's going to affect transfers, isn't it? Because yes, it's affecting my shares as well, <clears throat> and that's the main thing, obviously. Yeah, you want to get paid, bro. Um, <laughs> so I saw um, Arsenal played uh, Tuesday, didn't they? Um, very, very good performance in response to how they've played recently. We'll talk about Chelsea in just a minute because, uh, oh my days, they are a shambles. But let's talk about Arsenal. They've been under pressure. Do you think the fact that everyone's written them out of the title race now has kind of released them a little bit, meaning that they can now go back to playing the football they were playing previously? No, it was going to turn eventually. They've still been playing well and Chelsea are awful. Home game, night match. Um, Champagne. It always helps when you get an early goal. And then when you get another one, then you get another one. So that helps. But yeah. Um, no, it's um, maybe. Maybe. They've never been in, in this situation before. So some of them have not ex- experienced it for the first time. Yeah. So yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. No experience from, but um, it was a good win. It was a good win. 
they need a bit of depth, don't they? They need a bit of um like you look at the players Man City can play when they're real tight, they had De Bruyne out again, and the players they bring in, they're of similar quality at least. And I think Arsenal have got to work on the depth of their squads because they've missed um the lad at the back. Unfortunately for them, Partey's gone off the boil at the wrong time. Unfortunately, I think Xhaka has benefited from having, you know, Odegaard and Party alongside him. So he seems to be showing that he can play football a bit more. Um, but I, I do think Saka and Party in particular have kind of gone off the boil a little bit compared to their earlier form. But you would also expect that with players who are 21, 22, you know, you're going to get a bit of inconsistency. So the fact that they've been as consistent as they have been is probably a probably a, a shout to how good a season they've had. Yeah, exactly. And you know, City. I was looking last night. City have got some tough games as well. Last last three games are, are not easy. They got Brighton away, Chelsea away. Well, Chelsea's probably a shoe in, but but Brighton away, Chelsea away, and I think it's Brentford. I'm not sure. I might be Bournemouth. It's Brentford. I'm not sure. But, um, uh, and um, what the big ones this weekend in it for Arsenal? If they beat Newcastle, then you know it still really is on. If they get beat, then yeah. And I think um, you know, look, Newcastle are flying. They're scoring goals. That's it's making that's making to be an exciting game, similar to the game. Be a good game because if uh, you can see City maybe losing one, maybe the two, no chance. No. Um, let's talk about Chelsea, mate, right? Because at the time, I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like Frank Lampard, he goes under the radar of like his managerial records at Everton. Chelsea now, he hasn't won a game since he's taken over. I think it's five on the bounce. Um, and his job at Chelsea before that went like wholly under the radar. Whilst while um, Solskjaer finished second and third in his first seasons, it was almost viewed as like luck. And with hindsight, do we have to give Solskjaer credit for the job he did? But also ask the question: How the hell has Frank Lampard got back? the Chelsea job again. I just don't I don't understand the logic to it because it's not like he did a great job first time round or he went and killed it at Everton. Well it's quite clear that you have to have good people around you, i.e. Kieran McKenna, top of the league, mm-hmm. uh Michael Carrick in the playoffs had to finish taking over the second or third from bottom. Yeah. So you have to have good people around you, uh which Solskjaer clearly did. Um maybe um, Lampard hasn't, and, and and Gerard hasn't. Gerard did, but he, he, he left, got it, uh, took a manager's job at QPR, but now he's at Rangers. And when he left, it kind of dipped a bit. So you've got to have good people around you as well. I mean, you only you only have to look at experience when you're inexperienced. Yes, you've got a wealth of experience as a player. But it's totally different. This is why I think. Well, I think Stephen Gerrard went it about about it the right way. You know, he was at Liverpool for a bit, dealing with the kids, and then you know he went into a big job, which is a Rangers job, 
which is which probably too big, but he did very, very, very well. And then he, he's obviously got the village off the back of that, and then not done so great. And then a good manager's come in and seen what a good manager can do with and uh, what Emery's done there. So and Lampard is someone and players, me Sterling. Oh my God, just look doesn't look interested. So unorganised, mate. As well. He's a good player, Tower Silver. He's been 30, 37, 38 or something. Mm. Ask, ask me what that's a while his name is. He's he's getting on a bit now. No. He spent 600 million quid this summer. What have they spent it on? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? They've got so many new players. They cannot, there's no way on earth that those players can gel in a one season. But also, they've had four managers, technically, because they've had a couple of caretakers as well. So, like, I, that basis of four managers in a season plus 16 million players being signed and loaned, you cannot, for the, the no manager in the world is going to be capable of pulling that together. And if you take out Thomas Tuchel's, like, run at the start of the season, they'd be in relegation battle, mate. They're only just out of the relegation battle, really. Well, I think they're number 39 points, aren't they? So, yeah, they haven't even got that, like, magical 40 yet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, look, it, there's, there's four games left, and I think who's bottom? Southampton. If, even if they won all four games, they'd be behind them. But, that, but the point being is that it's shambolic, and like to me, it almost feels like the um, what's his name, T Todd Bowley. You feel like he's going to be in charge one of these days, he's going to sack Lampard halfway through the game, and he'll be taking over the team talk. Mate. It's, um, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how, how terrible they were. Like, you can't tell me that Lampard's doing a good job. Like, the basic and look, the players have got to take the criticism as well. You know, they've got experienced players, like the players you mentioned, Thiago Silva, um, Asquia Paletta at the back. You've got Sterling. They're veteran footballers who've been there, done it and won things. So if they cannot organise a team, just organise a team to defend, they've got to take a bit of responsibility for that as well. But let's not forget, Sky Sports had Eric Ten Hag in a one... Uh, Carragher and Neville were grilling him after two games or three games, in a in an interview on Sky Sports, like being really, like, asking tough, you know, being quite rude in some ways. Yeah, Frank Lampard, he sails under the radar. You won't hear anybody criticise him. And I know I've been quite vocal about pundits this year and how they, you know, they refuse to criticise Maguire or they refuse to criticise Lampard and stuff. But, like, it's there in the world to see. No, it's kicking around while it's down. It's not really down to him. He's, he's in a no-win situation. So, but it's their job, mate, to talk it's about it's football. Poor choice to take the job. But, okay. Yeah, when you when you get offered it, well, it's easy to for me to say it, but, you know, when, when you get offered a job like that, to come in, you know, you could turn it around and then you could end up back in the job. So that's that's probably his mindset, but obviously it's gone the other way. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily blame him for taking the job, but what I want, it, I just cannot understand how he seems to go under the radar, how, ba how bad it's been. Like, they are not far off a relegation battle. They'll probably just about be safe, but 
you know, they're not they're not that far. And you think about, like you mentioned, how much money they've spent, the players they've got, the players they already had as well. It is it's unbelievable, mate. It really is shocking. Would you um, take Lukaku back? <laughs> but I mean, it's not going to make him any worse. Still that player. Not going to make him any worse. Mm. What's it? I mean, Yang. Oh, I mean, it's it's shocking they signed him anyway. Let's be honest. But it's uh, it's really four hundred thousand pounds a week. Yeah. Four hundred thousand. He didn't even break a sweat last night. It's embarrassing. Yes, going back home. Um, talk to me about um, like obviously Man City are just a machine, aren't they? They just it's just game after game after game, yep. just winning, and they just play this great football. But talk to me a bit about um, Erling Haaland, mate. Broken the records, and look, he looks. Like he could go on for years, you know. Obviously, injury, injury dependent, he could end up breaking all the records. But um, he's a special player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He just seems a freak, and he just seems quicker than everyone else, stronger than everyone else. Um, got that killer instinct in the box. But um, yeah, he's um, some player. I mean, you got good players around him as well. Yeah, when they're bringing that, who's that one they to bring that they? Who's the backup striker they bring on all the time when they? um, He's unbelievable as well, man. Yeah, Um, and like they, the way they played last night was superb, and they like they De Bruyne hasn't played since the Arsenal game, and they're still just churning out these, you know, two three nil wins. It's um, it's really interesting what they do in the summer. Because you look at it on paper and you think, well, what do they need? But I do think there'll be probably a couple of players who will leave. Um, there's been rumours rumors about Gadungan and, and a few others. They, they always refresh it, mate, don't they? Um, so it's, it's kind of like... what yeah, that little... Quality goes out, quality comes in. It just takes a little bit of time to adjust. But once we get rolling, we'll see it. And this is the thing, isn't it? Like, people forget, it took City a few years to get it right, didn't it? You know, he brought in, he got rid of Joe Hart, similar position to what United are in with De Gea now, whereby he's a good goalkeeper, but he's not what the manager really wants to play the way he wants. But is it a priority for United? They haven't got the money which City had. I mean, people forget he brought in, um, Pep brought in Claudio Bravo, to, to any, you know, he binned him off after a season because he wasn't doing it. Like he's been quite ruthless at, at certain points, but it, it took him a few years to really nail down who they wanted and what they wanted. But unfortunately, not fortunately or unfortunately, I guess it, it depends how you look at it. Because they've got a bottomless pit of money, they can afford to sign a player for 50, 60, 70 million. And if he's not what they want, or they've made a mistake, they just bid him off and just sell him or keep him on the bench. Look at Cancelo. This this year, just when did he sign? He's gone to Bayern Munich on loan. But when did he sign for him? It was quite fairly recent, wasn't it? Yeah, about a year, two years ago. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. How quickly they just turn him over. Um, all right, going back to the having the importance of having good coaching staff. Like you look at Fergie, mate. When United were at their most successful under him, he pretty much 
would rotate his assistant managers every few years. And he had some of the, what you would say is... Well, a, no, no, Brian Kidd left to take the Blackburn job. Yeah. Uh, Steve McLaren left to take the Millersburg job. So he didn't refresh, he had to. Carlos Quiros come in, then he had to refresh. Well, they had Mike Phelan for a bit, didn't he? Um, Mike Phelan, uh, and, that, and that was it until the end there. And I think, but the importance of like those, though he leaned on those players, uh, those people heavily, didn't they? And I think um, people raised a few eyebrows when Carlos Quiros came in. But anyone I've ever heard from like that United squad talk about him, talks about him so highly in terms of how he like wanted to play football, how he was with the players, how he looked, how he was the goal between. Um, so, for, you know, it, you can't just be the manager. You've got to have people behind you. And you look at what Keo McKenna's doing now. And like I saw someone in the comments said, oh, Solskjaer's a fraud as a coach. And like I was just saying, in hindsight, in his first two seasons, he was made out to be lucky, but actually... He did better than most. He did better than Klopp did in his first couple of seasons. He did better than Lampard, Gerrard, whoever did better than Arteta did in his first season. Um, so, I mean, is that just because he had such good staff with him? Or is he maybe not getting the credit he deserves? I don't know. I, I'd have to bit leave that question open. Bit, bit, bit of both, mate. Bit of both. It's just kicked off big time here. Well, uh, I just saw someone in the chat saying Casemiro should have been sent off, but yeah, um, yeah. but he's a another yellow card possibly. But, he's already uh, been booked, haven't he? He was booked yeah. in the first half, but um, yeah, I've I haven't got it on now, so I don't know what's going on. You'll have to keep me involved. Anyone there? Duncan and Anthony have just gone. Been sent off? No, no, I just gone. Uh, got in a little scuffle. Bookings everywhere. Um, what? Um, just very quickly on United because obviously it's going on now, so it's difficult for a podcast, obviously. But like, what changes would you make now? Like for me, I'd probably put no surprise, but I put Sabitzer on maybe Eric Erickson. Why? Yeah. Why? Just to control it a bit, man. Like his ponytail. I do. I love him. He looks like a pirate. He looks like a pirate. I got a thing about it's pirates. Like a pirate. It does remind me of a pirate. Um, but no, I, I just for a bit of control, I'd bring him, him or Ericsson on. No, um, I would, I would, I would bring Sancho on and take Marshall off and put Rashford up front. Yeah, he Rashford's looked the most dangerous going forward. Right. I think, or certainly what I saw anyway. Um, um, get Marshall, get Sancho against Casado. Casado's not right back. Yeah, that was a weird decision. I do like the Zerbi, but he makes these left field decisions sometimes, doesn't he? And you're thinking, Where, where's that coming from? Oh. But um, I thought Matoma's done a bit better today against Wambasaka, but then Wambasaka's made a couple of really good challenges as well in the first you half. You say that, but it's, it's not, not I'm not a 10th favourite, but not been no end product, though, has there? No, no, he hasn't. Um, Rob Boyle says Anthony is, uh, has to go off. He's a time bomb waiting to lose it. And um, Dallow looks loose as well. Yeah, I think I, I the problem they've got with Dallow is whenever they bring Ma, um, Malassia off the bench, he looks 
so nervous and he makes mistakes. But when he starts, he looks good. Now, they can't, I don't think they can risk it. So then do you bring Maguire on? Fucking God, no. I've already made my my views on that. Like every single player on the bench should get on. Clearly dived in the box. We, do you know? I thought he dived in the first half, Matoma, um, when he was looking for a penalty. He hung his leg out a bit, and they didn't give the, obviously didn't give the penalty. But I thought he should have been booked then. But um, uh, don't just fall over in the box. His legs just don't give way and fall over. Yeah, but until and so his like with those, you know where in fact Rashford's just done it. It's embarrassing. But don't you think until the refs start booking them for going down so easily or for diving or for hanging their leg out and making the contact, like where the striker's making the contact instead of a challenge from a defender or a defender's pulling out, until the, they start booking people for it, they're just going to keep doing it, mate. And it's just, if the ref gives it as well, by the way, VAR will not overturn it. And that's why VAR is so shy this season because if the ref gives these things, the VAR is just not overturning it. No, no, and that's what it's for. Yeah, it's, uh, it's madness, mate. Um, someone in the comments just said Brighton starting to shine. Incredible team being put together. Um, would you agree with that, mate? Or is it just getting? Is it, it the first half was just end to end, and I thought just both defenses looked nervous, but attacking wise, I thought they both looked pretty good. Casemiro's just nearly scored. Is he? Um, yeah, it's just it's a good game. It's not really can't not really take oof, just volley just yeah, just gone over the bar, but close. But uh, it seems to be end to end. But looks like the United are going to make a change. So see if Eric is listening to it. Oh, he brings Wegos done. And it's funny, mind, because I saw someone saying. Um, on social media earlier, they were saying, oh, I hope it's not another boring nil-nil like the FA Cup. And I was like, that FA Cup, it was nil-nil, but it was not boring. Like, it was pretty much, it wasn't quite as open as what I've seen today, but it was like end-to-end, it was intense pressing, and I just think... Uh, it, was, it wasn't a boring nil-nil, was it? It was, it was all right. Okay. And actually, I thought that um, it was really fascinating to see De Zerbi playing his style of football and Ten Hag appreciating that it works and trying to come up with a tactical way to fit to to stop it and he did in the in the semi-final and i think largely he did in the first half of this game now yeah, the first it, half pressed high really high didn't they yeah and the, but they timed it didn't they they let him knock it they kind of let brighton get into a point where they were like you know in their own box or whatever and then they would go and try and box him in in a tight area but like it's interesting, isn't it? Because United have struggled when they've made subs over the last probably four or five weeks. So can they keep up that tap? Can they keep Brighton tactically at arm's length when they make those subs? Is I guess is going to be the decider. But um, interesting game anyway. I really like the Zerbi, um, even though if I think playing Casido at right back is, I know I'm not I'm not into that at all. But I suppose. If they got injuries, maybe they have to. No, Sabitz is coming. Oh, Sabitz and they might be both right there. I wouldn't be surprised to be see Sabitza for Fred simply because Sabitza presses quite um, physically, quite quickly, quite high. Right, made two changes. I don't know who's, who's 
Scotty March came on, didn't he, earlier? Also, um, oh, Sancho's coming on, Sabitz is going on. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. And you'd was it Anthony? No, Anthony. Anthony and Fred. Anthony. Anthony and Fred, yeah. So I saw, um, I think it might have been Arsenal TV and someone else. Um, they were having a conversation and they said, who's the biggest flop this year? Um, and a lot of them said Anthony is a flop. I don't view Anthony as a flop. No, I don't. No, I don't. I bit. think there's there's men, there's other players who have been signed by clubs who look way you know way off it compared. I think he's Nunes. taken. A, yeah, Nunes. Taken a, um, some of the Chelsea lot. Well, mate, you could take any pick of them, couldn't you? He looked all right. He was the one player actually against Arsenal when he came off the bench who looked pretty decent. Yeah, like he was trying. He scares people. He's quick, direct. But he's probably a bit raw, isn't he? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. A bit of... Oh. The, um, the comments on the on the BBC's like text site, all of them are saying, how has Anthony stayed on the pitch? So, How has Anthony stayed on the pitch? Well, yeah, before he, they said he should have been sent off during that. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's booting McAllister and then he's gone like chest to chest with Dunk and then gone aggressively with his chest again. Because he's given a yellow card, but he could have given two yellow cards for that. But it wasn't a red card. Yeah. Interesting. Do you, uh, what do you think the final score will be now? Uh, I think it'll stay in your nil. Although Rashford's got a free kick here, 35 yards out. He had one the other day and didn't didn't um, didn't shoot, which I was surprised by because he normally doesn't need asking twice. Well, he shot here right into the fucking keeper's hands. <laughs> Leslie says 1-0 to Brighton mm. soon. Put a free cap on it. Who? Leslie says 1-0 Brighton soon. Leslie. Wouldn't surprise me. Like, I just think it's one of them. And like I said, United have struggled when they've made substitutes. Um, just vet, we'll do our predictions now, mate, and then we'll um, we'll chip off. Let me um, just quickly ask you about the championship. Um, who do you think is going to get in the playoff on the final day? It's a mad one, mate. Really well, you is. see that from Spark yesterday? No. Oh, you need to look it up after the game. Don't know who the kid was, what we thought he was doing, but he's fucking had a good... Right, and Sparky's flipped on him. Was he? Yeah, proper, like, after the game. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. I'll have to have a look at that. Right, yeah, have a look. Look it up. What's that, in the Blackburn game, was it? No, he's Bradford City manager against... Bradford, is it? Yeah. I'll have a look. So, in the Championship, you've got Blackburn, who are playing Millwall. You've got and they're on six and Blackburn are on sixty sixth and ninth. Then you've got West Brom on sixty six in eighth. They're away to Swansea in tenth. Uh, you've got Sunderland in seventh on sixty six as well, who were away. Uh, to Coventry. Uh, so you basically uh, Luton, Middlesbrough, and Coventry are safe in the playoffs. Yeah, Millwall are on sixty eight points. And which one of us said Coventry would get in the playoffs? Me, wasn't it? 
probably me. I'm always right, like in fairness. Excuse me, Pardon? <laughs> I think you did say they were going to get in, Mick, to be fair to you. But do you think who do you think is going to get that final space? Because Blackburn obviously playing Millwall, and Blackburn have been in the playoffs all season. So, like, well, is that, is that Millwall at Blackburn? I think it's at Blackburn, but I will double check that now. Um, let's have a look. It's at, it's at Millwall, mate. So, I mean, mm. that's a big plus, isn't it? But if it, if if the three on the outs, so if Sunderland, Blackburn, and West Brom all win, they all go to 69 points, which means on goal difference as it sort of stands, unless one of them was oh. to get a really high goals difference, that Sunderland would get it on goal difference. So interesting. It is going to be really interesting. Sunderland got home game. Um, they're all away. So Blackburn are away to Millwall, who are currently have sixth. West Brom away to Swansea. Sunderland are away to Preston. Swansea and Preston both can't get to the playoffs. I fancy, I fancy Sunderland there. Yeah, I do as well. They've they haven't lost in I think six or seven games. So yeah. uh, to me, then the, they're there's always a team in there which kind of flies in at the yeah. last minute. And I think they're that. Uh, yeah, I think Sunderland. Right, let's have a look. It's just some good. I just put the football back on. Some good defending by Wambasaka there. Um, what a just, what a player he's been this year for United. Yeah, yeah, defender, even though. even going forward, mate, I think he's improved yeah, so getting better, much. Getting better. He links up quite well with um, Sancho as well. Yeah, I think better. the final of the playoffs. I fancy I fancy Luton to do it this year, mate. I got to say, I, I oh, just think they've got been on a roll. Luton have just they got the experience of the last couple of years. Yeah, I've seen Luton. I was watching the Luton game on in the week a couple of days ago in Blackburn. Mm, wasn't impressed. No, Blackburn got a late equaliser. And like Blackburn's a funny one. Like they've been up in the play, like up challenging in the playoffs, high up all season. And it's like the story of their last few years. Like mm -hmm. Blackburn have missed out on promotion, I think three years in a row now, where they all season they've been consistent and then they've just faded away at the last minute. And I mean, maybe that gives them a bit of experience and they'll, you know, they'll win on the final day. And then, you know, if they, any of them teams who are outside the playoffs win on that final day and grab a spot on the final day, they all, you know, they've got momentum then, haven't they? Because it's, like that final day, um, you know, excitement and it feels like a massive thing, doesn't it, to take into the playoffs. Right, predictions made for next uh, Saturday is 6th of May, two days before my 15th wedding anniversary. Um, Manchester City at home to Leeds. I've gone 3-1 to Manchester City. It's big Sam Allardyce in at Leeds, of course. We've got 2-0 City. What do you make of Sam Allardyce coming in at Leeds, mate? Uh, desperate. Very desperate. Too, too little, too late? Yes. Yes. Seeing his fixtures. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll ask you about the relegation because I still stand by. I think Everton are going down, but I'll t we'll talk about it quickly now. Spurs at home to Crystal Palace. Spurs? Yeah. Home to Crystal Palace. Uh, I've gone 3-2 to Spurs, but I mean, you could switch that either way. 2-0. Two 2-0 two Spurs. 2-1. Um, 2-1. Two two one. Two one. Yeah. Uh, just to reply to Leslie, um, 
Rodri just said the same as you made that Borough was a better team. I didn't say that they were the better team versus Borough. I just said that they've got the experience of the last couple of years to navigate the playoffs. Come on, use these ears now. Yeah, context, context is king. Begost is going to get the winner now. I think Begost is going to score the winner in the FA Cup final. I do. <laughs> Probably for Man City. Um, but Bournemouth at home to Chelsea, mate. 2 2. 2 1 Bournemouth, I've gone. Frank, mm. Frank's going to lose another game. Wolves versus Villa. 3 1 Wolves. Uh, 3 1 Villa, sorry, I've gone. 1 0 Villa. 1 0 to the Villa. Liverpool, Brentford at Anfield. Uh, two all for me. Two one to Brentford. Uh, no, two one to Liverpool. Newcastle at home to Arsenal. The big game of the weekend. I think uh, I fancy three Newcastle. One. Really, three I fancy. I gone three two Newcastle. I have. I fancy uh, Newcastle. Uh, and that's it. If you can handle the atmosphere, because it is, it'll be rocking up there. It'll oh, yeah. Can they, can I, um, can Arsenal catch, uh, sorry, can Newcastle catch Arsenal? Let's have a look. I don't think they can. Uh, can they? I don't think so. How many games left? Four. Yeah, they can. Uh, no, they can't. Was it? Four, three. No, they can't. I don't think. Oh, they've got a game in hand, though. Five games left. Oh, I tell you what, that Sally Marsh has just fucking nearly scored an absolute beauty. Missed by missed missed the top corner by inches. Oof. He's a player, man. He is. Um, what do you bet? So we'll finish off with two questions, mate. Uh, Leslie says Real Madrid will batter Manchester City. The Masters versus the Pretenders. What do you think of that? Um, it won't batter. Far from It'd be a very tight game. Very, City aren't going to run away with this. This is Real Madrid. Very experienced. Um, but they have an advantage being at home in the last game. But it's all about the Bernabeu. You get a positive result there and it's in their favour. Yeah, I fancy... I look at that Madrid squad, mate, and I just think they're the only ones in world football who can contend with what City have got in terms of depth. The one thing I think that Madrid may have over City is I think they've got the youth and legs as well as a bit of guile. But I mean, you know, Man City are not slow, let's say. No um, more guile than Kevin De Bruyne, you know. No. He's, I couldn't believe how fast he is. Um, he was he's deceptively fast. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I always thought he was quite, not slow, but... And know, long strides, like, isn't it? Yeah. Right, uh, the bottom of the Premier League as it stands, the bottom three is Southampton on 24, Everton on 29. Southampton um, leads Everton. Yeah, Everton are done, mate, for me. Yeah, so Leeds. Yeah, I think Leeds desperation. Are not almost gone, so it's Leeds, Everton. Everton's time now, they've, they've, they've escaped it so many times. Gone. They flirted with it too much. Um, yeah. And what I admit, if Forrest can stay up, I think Forrest will improve a lot next year. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. They, they brought so many players in this year. 
I always felt like it was going to be a bit of a struggle, you know, just because yeah, of the I... amount of players they brought in. No, I agree. Um, right. I think um, we'll leave it there for this evening. Going to go and watch the rest of the, uh, the football. Um, I'm also tired, mate. Uh, but um, we'll let you know what day we're going to be on next week. Probably about this time, but we'll see how we go. I just couldn't do tomorrow. Um, so I appreciate you uh, you coming on, mate, and, fit, and fitting me in and stuff like that. Because I know you've been coaching and, coaching and that and whatnot. Always appreciate it, mate. Um, I'm sure I'll speak to you over the weekend because there's some good UFC on. But uh, until then, mate, you take it easy. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy a bit, mate. ta now. Sports Social Podcast Network.